Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you, mashallah, some beautiful faces. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know what alaikum, ya Rabb. Can I kindly ask that before we start, inshallah, please no one to be recording. So I can already see some of the brothers, they're holding their phones, trying to hide it. Uh, please, if I can kindly ask, inshallah, to put your phone away, uh, don't record, not audio, not visual. And I'll tell you why, because... Once your phone starts recording, your heart stops recording. And there's no point in your phone benefiting and you and I were not benefiting. So please, can I kindly ask the brothers to not record, inshallah. That's the same for the sisters as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you guys. As well, also, yani, before I start, wallahi, yesterday I didn't get a chance, but I wanted to thank uh, Sheikh Abdul Salam and Brother Rabia and the committee of Majid al-Sunnah for opening their doors and inviting me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them and bless them and put nur in this masjid. You know, this is a, it's a beautiful sign when, when, when doors are opened for mahabba and for unity. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the shaykh and to bless the brothers that are involved. Tayyib. Bismillah walhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the king, the master, the sustainer the creator of the heavens and the earth, and we send peace and blessings upon his beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There's a lot I want to mention. <laughs> and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes it easy. But I ask for your undivided attention, please. Please for your undivided attention. You know, many of us, we come to a talk, please brothers, no pictures, please brothers, no pictures, no recording. Many of us, we come to the talk, or you come to a Friday khutbah, or you come to a lesson, and there's this sickness where you come to see how will the sheikh or the speaker or the imam, how will he entertain me? Or how will he inform me of something? And therefore you find a lot of times today, people go shopping for speakers that they like. This is very, very dangerous. Because this will limit your benefit. The reality is, whenever a Muslim goes to any gathering, we should sit in that gathering asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open our hearts. And you benefit only according to how much you want. That's why, depending on where you are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will take something from the message. You know, sometimes you learn something from the speaker that the speaker himself had no intention on teaching you. Sometimes you learn something from a speaker. The speaker himself had no intention on teaching you that particular lesson. But that was based on your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That was based on your hunger, your sincerity. So Allah will teach you things. You know, sometimes Allah will teach you from means that you, that you never thought possible. Allah, sometimes Allah will teach you by watching an animal. Sometimes just by watching two animals... Allah might teach you a lesson that you could never find in a book based on what you want. So tonight, 
based on what you want, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give. You see, my brothers and sisters, every single man, Rajal in Arabic, every man is a male. But not every male is a man. Every man, every Rajal is a male. But not every male is a man and there's a very big difference between the two. You see, most of us, we like to think we're men, Rijal. Speak to anyone and tell him, brother, are you a man or a male? And instantly you will see a reaction in him. Almost as if, brother, are you questioning my abilities? Are you questioning my honor and my dignity? Every man is a male, but not every male is a man. You see, being a male, my brothers, doesn't make you special. Being a male doesn't make you special. Because you were born that way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made you male. And in fact, even that, you know, yesterday, you didn't even have to be born a male. Yesterday, you didn't even have to be born a male. You could go and get a surgery and become a male. Today, you don't even need the surgery. Today, you just have to think. You just have to feel that you're a male. And legally, the law will accept you and protect you and give you the rights as a male, regardless of what you are, based on a thought, based on a feeling. So being male doesn't make you special, but to be a man, to be a rajal, there's no surgery for that, my brothers. There's no hormones for that. To be a rajal, that's not a feeling that you can claim in your heart and then all of a sudden you become a rajal. That's not how it works. To be a man, that's not something you can get tattooed on your arm. See, many of us, we like to, we like to look like we're tough. We like to present ourselves that we To be a rajal, that's not something you can get tattooed. To be a rajal, to be a man, you see, look, even in the Quran, whenever something is of importance, whenever something is of high regards, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses rijal, men. Whenever it's something general, it's something that is not overly important, Allah says, dhakar, males. Distinguishing that there's a big gap between the two. And tonight, my brothers, I want to ask you and I, how will you stand in front of Allah as a dhakar or as a rajal? As a dhakar or as a rajal, which one? You see, who determines who is the rajal? Who? What is the criteria of being a man? Unfortunately, now our society is pushed by social media. It's pushed by media, movies, entertainment industry is now shaping societies. And unfortunately, even Muslims, practicing Muslims, have taken the traits of jahiliya and tried to make it deen. So if I was to ask anyone here, brother, what makes a rajal? What makes a man? 
If we're honest tonight, if we're really honest tonight, in our society today where we live, there's a lot of honor and respect and glamour given to the one that knows how to fight. Have you noticed this? Anyone who knows how to physically handle himself, huh? anyone who knows how to throw a few punches, in our society, this is admired. This is loved. This is considered an attribute of a rajal. That if you know how to fight, this is why now MMA is such a big thing in our community. Boxing is such a big thing in our community. Wrestling and all of these physical contact sports. Sports that the Prophet wasallam clearly made haram because of, the, because of the striking of the face. But really deep down, we don't care about what the Prophet really thinks. We care about what the society think. And now if you don't know how to fight, then brother, you're not considered as a man. So we have this epidemic now. And trust me, this is not new. Muslims understand whatever sickness we're going through, it's not new. The Habib, the teacher, the master, he came to teach. He came to cure the society of all of its sicknesses. But unfortunately, we're made to believe that the Sunnah is 1400 years old. Brother, we're living in a different time, in a different place. La Wallah, it's the exact same diseases. So the Prophet ﷺ, please, please, I want you to leave this with me. The Prophet walks into the masjid one day, وسلم, yes? Walks into the masjid and finds the Sahaba wrestling. Halal or haram? Would the Sahaba do something haram in the masjid? A'udhu Billah, no. So clearly halal, they were wrestling in the masjid. Wrestling, not, uh, not striking the face. Wrestling in the masjid. So he sallallahu alayhi wasallam walks into the masjid and sees the gathering. You know, I, I just, I just, because I have a very strange way of thinking. Let me think out loud with you. And Allahu alam, I'm not saying this is sharah of the hadith. No, these are just my thoughts. You know, sometimes, sometimes you're doing something with your friend. And it's funny, between you and him, it's funny. But then someone walks in and all of a sudden it goes from funny to looking very foolish. Have you ever had that? You know, sometimes you're, someone walks in halfway through the joke and doesn't see the joke and, and then you start, oh, ya Allah, what a jursa, what an embarrassment. So the Sahaba, this is, this is how I'm thinking, you know. The Sahaba, they're wrestling in the masjid and then imagine, imagine Rasulullah walks in, sallallahu Imagine, imagine the honor, the azza of the man walks into the masjid and sahaba are wrestling. So Allah, me personally, I can't help but think, like, you know now, not the prophet, a sheikh walking, jealous bro, pull up man, the sheikh's here bro, the sheikh's here. You know in high school, whenever we were doing something and the teacher was coming, we had a code word, ija, 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 it's in Arabic, as in he's coming, he's coming. Wallah, the principal knew what Ija meant, right? Because everyone says it. So imagine now the Sahaba, they're wrestling, and now the Prophet walks in. So you can imagine what happens to the companions. So they all, wow, embarrassing. And then he asks, he says, what are you doing? Please, please. Didn't the Prophet know what they're doing? 
honestly, honestly told me something. Didn't he know what they were doing? He knew exactly what they were doing. But the hadith is not just for them, it's for every Muslim to the day of judgment. And I tell you, Islam is ancient. Habibi, Islam is contempt. Wallah, wallah, qasam. Sometimes I will read or hear a hadith or read a verse and it's like Allah said these words in 2019 March. That's how alive the Quran is. People tell me it's old. So he walks in, he sees them wrestling. He says, what are you doing? Ya Rasulullah, man, let it go. Khalas, <laughs> he walked in, we've stopped wrestling, leave it. But he, because he's the doctor, he's the teacher, and he's there to cure the sicknesses of societies. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, we are, we're wrestling. Then he asks, why are you wrestling? Look at the salt now. Now the salt is straight to the wound. And imagine the Sahaba, Allah, who's going to explain why we're wrestling? Who? Who's going to explain why we're fooling around? So they said, Ya Rasulullah, we're wrestling to see who of us, who amongst us is the... Ah, who's the Rajjal, brother? Has anything changed in 1400 years? Anything changed? La wallah, it's exactly the same. They're not doing anything haram. Rasulullah knows that, that, that they weren't. But he was worried about something far deeper. So what does he say? He said, the rajal, the man amongst you is not the one that can physically put down the other. Any meathead can do that. That's not how we determine who the rajal is. Imagine how the Sahaba felt. Imagine when the Prophet is telling him, this is not how we determine men. He said, the Rajal amongst you, the man amongst you, please my young brothers, please, don't fall for the fitna of the street, man. This deed will make a man out of you. The street will only make a thug out of you. He said the rajal amongst you, the man amongst you, is the one who when a musibah, when a calamity happens, he can control his anger and his wrath. He can control it. He's patient. This is the man. <laughs> Go to the UFC gym and tell him this. Brothers are spending hours, hours, and it's fine. Tonight I'm not mentioning anything about halal and haram. So don't come and say, look, Wallah, the brother was saying it's halal and haram. Please, my brothers, halal and haram, this is kindergarten language. Kindergarten language. We need to develop, we need to move on. We need to start having a deeper relationship with Allah. This halal and haram, this is, the, 
This is for babies, kindergarten. I did good, let me give you a sticker. I did bad, you should go to time out. This is halal and haram, unfortunately. No, no, deeper. The prophet is telling him deep depth. This is not the man. The man is when something befalls, he's what? Ah, he controls. Try this. Try it. I challenge everyone in the try it. See how difficult it is. Understand why when Allah mentions Rajal, there's honor and azza behind the word. Today we say man to anyone. Anyone that can throw some punches, yeah, he's a man. So we have another epidemic. You might tell me, no, 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 brother, you don't have to physically fight. What's the other epidemic we have in our community, in our society? How do we determine who's the Rajal? How big is he, brother? We have a steroids epidemic now. Muslims, Muslims, Muslims. Ya Allah, steroid. Don't ask me halal and haram. But the sickness, the sickness. Have you ever heard of the sickness called the small man syndrome? Have you ever heard of this? Small man syndrome? No, you've never heard? Small man syndrome is the small guy who feels like all the bigger guys never take him seriously. So he starts doing things that are out of his character in order to show them that, look, I'm a man as well. They call this what? Small man syndrome. And qasam by Allah, 99% of brothers on steroids, it's all small man syndrome. It's insecurities in the heart. That if I don't look intimidating, if I don't look physically strong and muscly, I'm not a man. So brothers will be bench, you know, he'll bench press 100, 120, Allah alam what they're bench pressing. He'll bench press amazing weight and it's recorded and snapchatted. But the same brother cannot lift a blanket for Fajr. I was in the gym. Wallahi, the same brother. Yet can't lift up a blanket for Fajr. We have a steroids epidemic, steroids now. Everyone's abishakshik. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Everyone's on steroids, but no one says it. And we're supposed to all act like, oh, okay, be, you know, because you're not saying it and I'm not saying it, so therefore it's not happening. I see a brother today, he's a pencil neck. He leaves, six weeks later, he's got muscles on his ears and his nose. So I'm thinking, brother, tabarakallah, Allahu Akbar, how did you get so muscly? So he's so now so now he's trying to convince me, you know, because I'm the fat one, and therefore I don't, you know, clearly I don't understand the gym, brother. Uh, uh, alhamdulillah, I've been eating well. Habibi, what are you eating? Yeah, what are you, what are you, what are you eating that put muscles on your ears and your nose, brother? T -t tell me, tell me how. Now, nah, you know, you know, you know, brother, I've been eating tuna and rice. So I'm thinking, brother, wallahi, I've been eating tuna and rice too, but how, yeah, 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 and how come? Ah, so we're all in denial. We're in denial. Small man syndrome. To look big, to look intimidating. This makes me a man in the community. Ah, just before summer comes, now everyone hits the gym. Why? So when it's a hot day and I go to the you know, and I go to the beach at Bondi, and I look how shallow we've become, bro. Wallahi, it's embarrassing. But this is not new. This is not new. The Prophet ﷺ, please, please live this with me, bro. 
the Prophet is walking in Medina. Imagine walking in Medina and he sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he sees the companions they've, they've gathered around the tree. But you know these stories, they, they, oh, don't you wish you were there? <laughs> what a time, man. So he sees them gathered around the tree, so he goes to the tree, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then when he gets there, he notices Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Ever heard of this name, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud? Ya haram ala this ummah Brothers told me, brother, I don't know what to name my son. Wallah, I want to rip my hair out when people tell me this. Man. So he comes to the companions and they've gathered around a tree. Imagine, imagine. So he comes to the tree and he notices Abdullah ibn Mas'ud hanging off the tree. What happened was, there was dates on the tree. So the Sahaba, they said, who's going to climb the palm tree and get us the dates? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud wasn't a very big guy. In fact, he was the opposite. He was very skinny. And he was very, like, he was very active. He's very fit. So Abdullah says, look, I'll climb the tree and I'll get the dates. Now, you need to leave this with me. It was very common fashion for the Sahaba that they used to wear the lungi. You know, the... Uh, the lungi, the, the, what, what's, what's it called? The uh, izar, izar is it? Yeah, like that skirt. Right, yeah, like the one they have. This was very common fashion for the sahaba. Very, very common. In fact, many of them, this was all that they would, and don't think that, you know, it's like today, wallah, they had these nice under armor boxer shorts under them. No, no, no. They wore the izar, habibi, there was nothing under there. Nothing under there. So when they said to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, you climb the tree and get us the dates, Abdullah had to lift his izar up to, yani in order to climb the tree. So when you're down there and Haram, he's up there, they were seeing a bit more than what was intended. So what they were laughing and giggling. So the Prophet came sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he said to them, what are you laughing at? Remember, remember? You know, sometimes you're laughing, it's funny. But when someone asks you, brother, what are you laughing at? It's hard to explain. So therefore, the laughter is taken away and then it becomes very awkward. He said, what are you laughing at? What are you going to tell the Prophet of Allah? So he, sallallahu what a time, man. So he looks at the tree and he finds Abdullah. He said, are you laughing at Abdullah's legs? They said, yes, O Prophet of Allah. Look how skinny they are. He said, I swear by Allah, the legs that you're laughing at are heavier than the mountain of Uhud in the eyes of Allah. Rajal, bro. A man. Not determined by steroids. Rajal. Men. Not determined by their ability to bully other people, man. But qualities. So you might tell me, no, 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 brother, look, 
This is the new age, brother. It's not about physically fighting and it's not about being physically big. But in our hearts, what determines who the Rajal is? Uh, this one, bro. We're obsessed with this. So there's always a brother who tells me, Brother, astaghfirullah. <laughs> me? <laughs> I don't love money. <laughs> you kazab. <laughs> you liar, bro. <laughs> Not because I'm calling you a liar. No, la la wallah. Allah says in the Quran, Allah says, you know, it's not that you like money. No, no, no. It's deeper. Allah doesn't say you like money. Allah says, you have been driven to the state of possessed. You know, when someone's possessed, your love for money has made you possessed. It's deep. So who's speaking the truth? Allah or you? So don't tell me, brother, I don't love money. <laughs> Allah says you love it. <sighs> the one that has money, brother. Today, if you have money, wallah, you can take the spot of the sheikh. Brother, uh, Tabarakallah, he gave $50,000 at our last fundraising dinner. Yeah, so inshallah, he's going to be leading the prayer for the next week. What? We love money. We honor money. We deem money as a, as a rajal. Brother, I provide, brother. I, I provide, brother. I've had grown men come to me and tell me, brother, my son has brought me great shame. My son has brought our family great humiliation. So I'm thinking, Allahu Akbar, astaghfirullah, what did he do? Did he do zina and he had a baby? With great shame to the family. So I'm thinking, uh, it's awkward, you know, but I'm, what did he do? He says to me, brother, he's 30 years old, he still hasn't bought a house. This is deep down in our hearts. So our ability, my ability to make money determines how much of a rajal I am. I ask you sincerely, don't answer, don't answer, rhetorical question. The Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, by the standards that we live in today, is he a man or not? Don't answer, don't answer. By the standards that we live in today, is he a rajal or not? What a dilemma. What an awkward position we've just been cornered into. Today the sister tells me, I wish I was married to the Prophet Sister, please, Karmel Allah, just sit down, inshallah, and stay on your Facebook, please. Or he, she wishes she was married to the Prophet this is, this, is, this is all wishful thinking, you know. My ability to, to make money determines how much of a rajal I am. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, authentic narration in Bukhari, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, and please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say doesn't mean that we have to intentionally be poor. No, that's not what I'm saying, no. 
But this idea that being rich will bring me success, that being rich will make me a man, this is a sickness. Because your risk is something that was determined by Allah. So don't question it because when you question your risk, you're questioning Allah. And Allah says in the hadith that, Oh my slave, if you're not happy with what I've bestowed upon you, if I'm not happy, if you're not happy with the risk that I've determined for you and the situations that you're in, Allah says in the hadith, then go find a Rabb other than me and worship him. Aisha is telling her nephew Urwa, in the authentic narration, she says to him, Ya Urwa, oh, the son of my sister, she said, I swear by Allah, we used to see the moon, then the full moon, then the full moon. The sister that wants to, you know, you know, the sister that wishes she was married to the Prophet. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. Today the sister complains, my husband hasn't taken me out to dinner in two weeks. He's a bakhil, brother. He's a bakhil. He's a nishah. He's a nishah. He's a bakhil. It's been two weeks we haven't gone to dinner. But oh my God, I would love to be married to the Prophet. Aisha is telling her nephew, we used to see the moon, then the full moon, then the full moon. Two consecutive months, 60 days. 60 days would go by and there would be no cooking and no boiling, no flames. No cooking and no boiling in any of the nine houses of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Is he a gel or not? Don't answer. Please don't answer. Don't embarrass yourself. Nine houses. Nine wives. Aisha is saying two consecutive months. No cooking and no boiling. Is he a man or not? Look at the dilemmas that we live in. When deen is no longer the, the measuring stick, when deen and Allah and his prophet are no longer the ones who dictate, when social media and, 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 and public perception is what drives us, look at the calamities. Wallah, I've seen people, they struggle when they hear what a, a brother, what are you trying, Habibi, Wallah, Qasim, it's in the hadith, it's not me. But we pick and choose what we want from deen. We try to make deen 21st century, we try to make Islam, that look, yeah, with all of the, Habibi, the Prophet wasallam said, this deen started strange, and it will return to being strange. So glad tiding to the strangers, yet every single one of us is trying to be exactly like everyone else. My dress is like the non-Muslim. My food is like the non-Muslim. My schooling is like the non-Muslim. My appearance is like the non-Muslim. My house is exactly like the non-Muslims. My dreams and my ambitions of owning a house and taking my family on a holiday at the end of the year and driving every ounce of my body's ambition is exactly like the non-Muslim. My name was Muhammad, I changed it to Mo. My name was Mustafa, I changed it to Steve. Every, every ounce of me is drooping non-Muslim. Yeah, but brother, alhamdulillah, I'm a Muslim. 
prophet says glad tidings hanian hanian glad tidings to the stranger honestly who feels like a stranger bro who who bro you walk into any restaurant halal not halal is a brother bismillah call brother where 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 deep down in our hearts where 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 so Urwa couldn't believe his ears. Urwa, he's young, couldn't believe his ears. So he says, Oh my auntie, my auntie, two months, no cooking, no boiling. How did you survive? She said to him, Al Aswadan, Al Tamru Al Ma'. Dates and water is all we had for two consecutive months. That's all we ate. Where's this sunnah? No, that's not sunnah. Brother, this was zuruf. Zuruf. The Prophet went through difficulties, sallallahu alayhi wa Look at, look how sick we've been. Yeah, and not only, look, you know what? It's one thing when the brother says to me, listen, I have an addiction and I'm trying to deal with my addiction. Wallahi, I will appreciate it. Look, the man knows he has a problem. No, but I have an addiction and I'm in denial about my addiction and I try to use Dean to justify my actions. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So you might tell me, look, brother, you know, maybe the Prophet was going through hard times on his deathbed, on his deathbed, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was going through Sakarat al-Maut, conscious, unconscious, in and out, in and out. So he lost consciousness. Aisha is there, radiallahu ta'ala anha. Then he wakes up. Then he says to Aisha, authentic narrations. He says to Aisha, imagine, Aisha was 18 years old when the Prophet died. How old was she? 18. And Allah called her and the others in the Quran, Allah called them Ummahat al-Mu'mineen, the mothers of the believers, meaning they have become haram on every man. Yani once the Prophet dies, وسلم, no one can remarry her. 18, in a world and in a society where the man was everything. Imagine this 18-year-old is watching her husband die. At the eight, and she has her whole life that now she knows I'm going to be alone. I can never remarry after him. So he wakes up from his, you know, he was unconscious. And says to Aisha, how much money do we have? This sunnah no one talks about. Sheikh, please man, put these stories behind Let's speak about investments and stocks and let's speak about buying houses, brother. Because in our hearts, we believe that honor, that money will restore the honor of Islam. So she says to my Prophet of Allah, all that we have is seven gold coins. Imagine a man with nine wives. Is he a man or not? By the standards that we live in, please don't answer. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't be a hypocrite. 
by the standards that we live in. Is he a man or not? Today, brothers have paid off their houses, paid off. And he's working to pay off the second and the third because brother, I need to leave something for my children, brother. Exhausting his life. Not halal haram. I don't care about halal and haram. But tell me, tell me when the Prophet was dying and there were seven gold coins between nine wives. Is he a man? Sister, sister, you know the one? Ah, oh, I wish I was married to him. What Chanel handbag was he going to buy you with seven gold coins? Tell me, man. What hair and makeup studio were you going to go to on a fortnightly basis? Tell me. What restaurant were you going to be fine dining in? Tell me, tell me. So he says to Aisha, take the seven gold coins and give them in charity now. See the sicknesses, my brothers. Just try this. Just try this. Go to a sheikh. Go to a sheikh. Tell him, look, sheikh, there's a religious brother. Don't tell him the prophet because we've been programmed. We've become professional liars, my brothers. Professional, professional. You know, some, some, some brothers, would, brother, when you say the name of Rasulullah, oh, I get chills in my spine. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, brother. Subhanallah, his name, it does something to me, you know. And yet you look at him from top to bottom, there's not an ounce of Rasulullah on him, sallallahu Wallahi, just try it. Go to a sheikh and tell him, listen, sheikh, there's a brother we know, he has a big beard. He's dying and he's leaving his family with nothing. What do you think, sheikh? What deen is this? What fikr is this? What understanding is this? This is extreme, brother. This is a... Then tell him the prophet left nine wives with nothing. Ah, but he left them with something far deeper. He left them with Iman and Tawheed and belief in Allah. So he loses consciousness. Then he wakes up and he says to Aisha, Aisha, what did you do with the seven gold coins? Seven gold coins. Ya Rasulullah, leave them, man. Let them be. <laughs> Aisha, 18 years old. She's alone. Haram. Yani, leave her. Khala, seven gold coins. Yani, they're not going to make her rich. No. Like it's... it's no, no, but there's something far deeper. So she says, Oh, Prophet of Allah. Look at our mother, man. She said, I held on to them. I didn't give them away in charity. I'm scared. He says to Aisha, do you want me to die and stand in front of Allah while I still own something from this dunya? Is this how you want me to stand in front of Allah, Aisha? What's, what's going on? My brothers, who's the Rajal? Who? Who's the man? So you might think, look, brother, that, that's, that's, brother, that's Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, look, Allah was, no! In 
بخاري the dua of Rasulullah اللهم اجعل رزق آل محمد قوت يا الله make the رزق of the family the حديث زين بخاري يا الله make the رزق of the family not just محمد Muhammad and his family make the rizq and the provisions of Muhammad and his family the bare minimum. I challenge you to make this dua. Wallah, if the Imam made this dua, you would throw a shoe at him from the back. And the brother, what's this dua? Because in our hearts, in the sicknesses of our society, a man is determined by his money. The Prophet وسلم, sitting one day, but Allah, you know, for me, I just, ah, it drives me crazy, you know. Like, you know, when we say the Prophet was sitting with Jibreel, you know, and no, it's like brothers are sitting there and just hearing it. Like, have you ever thought about that? You know, sometimes you meet a celebrity. You don't know who to show off to. You don't know how many photos you can take from what angle so you can share it with the world that I had a moment with Fulan or Fulan and this celebrity or that singer or this actor. I'm telling you, the Prophet was kicking back, sitting down with Jibreel. <laughs> Is that normal? What was that gathering like? What were they talking about? And all of a sudden, the heavens start shaking and Jibreel goes pale. Jibreel becomes shock. So imagine now Rasulullah sees Jibreel scared. And an angel comes to the Prophet of Allah while Jibreel is with him. But what was happening to the Prophet then? What, 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 what? Like, you know, if you've got Jibreel next to you, <laughs> bro, <laughs> Jibreel is with me. <laughs> but when Jibreel becomes scared, what happens to you? And then an angel came and said to the Prophet of Allah, do you wish to be a king prophet or do you wish to be a slave prophet? Ah, come tell me, but uh, yeah, but brother, you know, that was the prophet and you know, like he went through tough times and, and, and did he have the choice or not? Were you asleep? Did the prophet have the choice? Or the angel is telling him, do you want to be a king, prophet, or a slave? But yani you're still a prophet. The prophethood will not be taken away from you. Do you wish to be a king, prophet, or a slave, prophet? So Rasulullah looks at Jibreel. So Jibreel hints to him, take the slave. Be a abd, be the slave, Ya Rasulullah. Good advice or bad advice? 
Can you see the dilemmas we're in? Brother, yeah, the theory says it's good advice. <laughs> but the practice says, no, nah, very bad advice. You know, my brothers, a rajal is not determined by his ability to fight or his physical or this. That's not how a rajal is determined. A real man, my brothers, and wallah, we can speak for hours, and I'm not going to cover what makes a real man. There's a lot to cover. But for me, above all, above all, a real rajal, a real man, is realistic and down to earth and understands that you can't have the pie and eat it too. Have you heard this saying? It's an English saying. They say you can't have the pie and eat it too. Yeah, and you can't have everything, brother. And we're trying to have everything. One of the ulama said that the difference between us and the Sahaba, you know what the difference between us and the Sahaba was? He said they only wanted Jannah. That's all they wanted. We also want Jannah. See the difference? They only wanted Jannah. We, we also want Jannah. Ah. See what's happening? You see, a real man is realistic. A real man is realistic. A real man knows and understands that if I'm going to be a Rajal, see, to be a man, like I said, it's not a taru. It's not something you get. To be a Rajal, these are decisions you have to make. They're sacrifices you have to take. And these are, this is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that you have to live. And a real man and a real Rajal understands that if I'm going to be a man, I can't be anything else with it. It's either a man or something else. Where am I going with this? A real man is realistic. He understands that when I get married, that when I have children, that when I take on a job, that when I give my word, when I make a commitment, there are sacrifices that have to be made. You see, today, we're not men, we're boys. We're little boys that are stuck in big bodies. That's what we are, my brothers. Wallahi, forgive me. But if we're going to be honest here tonight, we are little boys that are stuck in big bodies. We like to think we're men. We like to think we're men. But when you go by the criteria of Allah and His Prophet, we're very far from it. And here's, here's exactly what I'm saying about being realistic. You see, everyone here, everyone here, we love women. Or at least I like to think you like women. Inshallah, you all like women, yeah? Inshallah, Ya Rabb. We all like women. Who doesn't like women, bro? A woman makes your heart dance, bro. Me, if I see a woman, I'm gone for a six. Gone for a six. Halas, I know, bro, I know. We love women. But no one wants to be married. Have you noticed? We love the idea of being with a woman. Who doesn't like the idea? We love women. 
but no one loves to be married. Ah, the commitments of being married, the sacrifices of being married, the challenges and the difficulties of being married is something a real man or a shell knows and understands. But we don't. We're boys. We love women, but no one wants to be married. Ah, that's why zina is widespread. That's why brothers now, they're getting married on the darkies in secret. You know, these, you know, these secret marriages. And the brother comes to tell me, brother, it's halal. Please sit down, yeah? Sit down. Stop trying to play with the deen. Stop trying to play with the deen. Brothers are getting married to sisters with no mahram. No one there. No one. No one there to represent her. No one there to, to, to acknowledge. No one there. Nothing. Nothing but a phone call, text messages. Brothers with beads, they're marrying women in secrets. Why? Little boys, he thinks he's a rajal. You're a little kid. You're a little boy with hormones. That's all you are. You're not any different to me. You're not any different to every man here who has desires and has shawa. But the difference is being a man or being a male, being a boy. Anyone can get married, my brothers. Anyone can sleep with someone. But a real man, a real rajal, my young brothers, he gets married and understands that in marriage, it's not all rainbows and lollipops. It's difficulties. Yeah, there's good times, no doubt. But there's hardship. And that's why it's half your deen. It's half your faith. Ah. Little boys. We love women, but we don't like to be married. We love kids. Have you noticed? I love kids. We love kids, but no one wants to be a father. What do you mean be a father? What do you mean be a father? You know why? Because in the Sikh society, yeah, the same society that says this is Rajel, the same society that says this is the man, the same society that says, brother, this is the man, that's the same society that doesn't praise fatherhood. We love kids, everyone loves kids, but no one likes to be a father, man. That's why most of our so-called men, you know, the little boys that are stuck in big bodies, he's married, married with kids, and wallahi, qasam by Allah, three, four, sometimes five days a week, he's hanging out with his mates in cafes until nine, 10 o'clock at night, bro, while his wife and his kids are at home waiting. Is it haram? I'm not saying it's haram. Remember what I said in the beginning. Halal and haram, this is kindergarten language. But your wife is at home waiting. Your kids are at home. And where, where is he? Two, three, four, five days a week. He's hanging out in cafes. Grown men, wallahi, I see brothers with beards hanging out at cafes on the corner, sitting outside looking at women as they go and come. But because he has a taru and there's two, three of them, huh, that he's a man. We love kids, but no one wants to be a father. Don't you ever think, my brother, that you having a child makes you a father. Don't you think that having a child makes you a man. Wallahi, forgive me with all respect and all honor and all ranks. You know, the dog, the kalb, the kalb, the dog, the animal. The dog sometimes has eight pups, eight puppies in one lira. Does that make him a man? 
Does that make him a man? No, it doesn't make him a man. Your ability to have children doesn't make you a man. Your ability to raise those children, your ability to father those children, that's what makes you a man, bro. Ah. We love money. But no one wants to. No one wants to work, bro. <laughs> we love money. But no one wants to. How much time do I have? Is it a den now? Huh? 12 minutes for the Iqama. Ah, 12 minutes for Adan. We love, we love what? Please, my young brothers, please. Tonight's talk is very important for you and I, man. We love money, but no one wants to. No one wants to work, bro. That's why drug dealing and being a runner is so appealing to the young boy. Why? Because he's 16 years old. He's going to earn 200, maybe $250 a day as a runner. Yeah, and he starts off on $250 a day. Straight away, he's earning more money than his father is. So he's 16, his father's 40-something, and he's earning more money. So now it doesn't matter that it's haram income. Doesn't matter that this is ghadab money. Doesn't matter that this is going to earn the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because all he sees is what in front of him is money. And the very society in which he lives in, is driven by money and wherever he goes it's all designer labels and designer names and brand names so this poor kid he's thinking he's doing the maths he's thinking brother why should uh, so we all love money but no one wants to work today the brother he's 20 25 i know brothers that are 30 he's telling me brother i want to retire by the time i'm 35 retired and i'm kicking back and i wish wallah i wish he wants to retire at 35 so he can dedicate his life for deen. No, 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 no. He wants to retire so he can indulge in dunya to the day he dies, bro. Because work is taking him away from his love, his real love, dunya. Cafes and restaurants. Ah, fishing trips. Fishing trips. Holidays, vacations, weekends. See, a real man understands. Abu Bakr when he was the Amir, when he was the Khalifa, he went outside and went to the market to earn his dollar. Even in old age, the Prophet وسلم, died with debt. So, 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 so what's happening here? We all love Allah. Have you noticed? Wallahi, go to the junkie. Go to a prostitute. Go to a brother who's a murderer. Tell him, brother, do you love Allah? Everyone loves Allah. But no one wants deen. No one wants deen. Brother, how can you love Allah? But not have deen. No, no, no. So now there's this sick culture. Have you noticed this culture? Brother, you don't know what's in my heart. My iman is in my heart, brother. My relationship with Allah is in my heart. So now this idea of the heart, 
It's very poisonous. Why? Because it comes through. Brother, do you know what's in the hearts? No, I don't know what's in the But really, he's hiding his, he's hiding his hypocrisy with this. So yes, everyone loves Allah. But no one wants deen. Everyone loves Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Brother, please, brother, please, when you say his name, brother. Everyone claims they love the Prophet. But no one wants his sunnah. What do you mean? What do you mean his sunnah? Eat on the floor. Eat with your fingers. Grow a beard. Live simple lives. Ugh. Brother, ugh. What's that? What's that, brother? We love Rasulullah. Wallah, we sing his songs and we'll parade and we'll have big protests when something happens. Ah, we show. But no one wants his sunnah. We love Jannah. We love Jannah. But no one wants to die. Hey, have you heard when someone gets cancer? <gasps> Did you think you're gonna live forever? <laughs> What's what 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 do you? We love Jannah, but no one wants to. Ah, no one wants to die. Tell me, my brothers, is this the quality of a man? Thank you, Habibi. This is not the quality of a Rajal, bro. It's not the quality of a man. A man is realistic. A man is realistic. A man is honorable. You know what this Ummah is suffering from, my brothers? Trust me, it's not knowledge. The alam is ocean, books, books, apps. Wallahi, jump on YouTube, hours and hours and hours of talks and bayans and khutbas and classes and knowledge is there, it's abundant. What is this ummah suffering from more than anything? The biggest disease, the biggest sickness of the Muslims, the, <coughs> the biggest calamity in the ummah, do you know what it really is? There's no men. And you know who suffers the most when there's no men? You know who suffers the most? Women and children. When there's no rijal, who suffers? You know in English they say, in English they say, when the cat's away, guess who come to play? Who? Say it, say it out loud so others hear it. Ah, uh, when the cat's away, there's no cat. When there's no rajal, when there's no man, when the cat's away, who comes to play? Ah, uh, the rats and the mice. No men, rats and mice. Look at our societies. When there's no rajal, wallah, when there's no men. You know, 
an imam once, an imam, true story, I heard this with my own ears. An imam once who was narrating his story, please, wallahi, I will wrap it up. But just stay with me. These are the last very important moments. Imam said once he was preparing for Friday khutbah. He said, so I'm sitting in my office and I'm trying to prepare my khutbah. He said that my son, he was four or five years old. You know, he's driving me crazy, man. Every time I put pen to paper, he jumps on me and he wants to play. He's a little boy. So the sheikh is thinking, he's thinking, you know, look, your Allah, this kid's driving me crazy. Uh, remember, but to be a man is to be a father also. So for us, we would do a, give him an iPad, get him off your back. Yeah, this is the father now. This is the 21st century father. Yeah. Give him an iPad, get him off your back. So the Sheikh is saying, man, look, I need this kid off my back. I need to prepare my khutbah. How do I engage the kid? Give him something constructive. So the Sheikh was saying, the Imam says, he says, I had a magazine. I'm freaking through the magazine and I found the picture of the, of the world, a globe. It was a picture of the globe. So the Sheikh said, look, let me rip this page out and I'll cut it into a little puzzle. Yeah, I'll cut the countries into pieces and I'll give it to the boy and I'll tell him to put it together. He's thinking this will, give, yeah, this will keep him busy at least for an hour. Get him off my back. He said, I cut the picture. I gave it to my son. I said to my son, listen, put the world, put the world together. So the Imam said, the boy took it. I'm thinking, huh, finally now I can gather my thoughts and put the khutbah together. He said within a few minutes, a few minutes, the boy was back and the world was put together. So the Sheikh's thinking, is my son a genius? He's a little boy. So the Sheikh says, he says, my son, Allahu Akbar, Tabarakallah, how did you know where Europe is and the Americas and the Africas? And the kid doesn't go to school. How did you know? He said to him, Wallah, Father, I don't know. He said, so how did you put the world together? He said, Dad, on the other side of the picture, there's a picture of a man. So I put the arms together and the legs together and the head together. So the Imam said, what? He said, Subhanallah, you gave me my topic. When man comes together, the world comes together. But Qasim by Allah, as long as man is destroyed, this world will always be destroyed. Rijal, who suffers the most when the cat's away? The mice will play. Brothers come to me all the time. And I'm going to wrap up with this and I'll try to. Brothers come to me all the time and they tell me, brother, our women, Allahu Akbar, our sisters, the Billah, brother, what's this? What's this? Our women have become ruthless. They, they, there's, there's no more haya. There's no more, you know, our women are wearing whatever they want and they're carrying on. And, and you know what? Wallah, wallah, I genuinely, I agree. Genuinely, I agree. I mean, what I'm seeing outside, this is ridiculous. But then I'm thinking to myself, but okay, so now who do you address? Who do you address? Have women lost their ways? Absolutely. You know, the other, not the other day, but a while back, I was driving. This is a true story. I was driving, yeah? And I was in Greenacre. What's that street called, man? You know, the one that's in front of Mr. Shawarma? There's so Waterloo Road, and then there's a... Banksia and Waterloo, yeah? So, so I'm on Banksia, and I'm coming to Waterloo, and it's a left turn. Uh, sorry, uh, there's a no right turn. You can only turn left. And there's a sign as big as your head, right there in front of you. No right turn. So I come, and I want to turn left. 
But there was a sister in front of me. Tabarakallah, what a sister, bro. <laughs> yeah, Habibi. So there's a sister there. She's in front of me. Yeah? She's wearing her nice scarf and her makeup and her claw nails and, and, and the music's on and she's got the window down. I'm thinking, yeah, Habibi. Yeah, Habibi. Look at this honor. Anyway, so now I'm standing there and guess what she's doing? She's got her blinker to turn right. Yeah, Allah, what I'm seeing, bro. No right turn. Wallahi, there's a sign like this. No right turn. So I'm thinking, man, you know, and I'm looking like this. What do you do? Khalas, <laughs> be patient, bro. Unless <laughs> she'll turn right, you know. But in my heart, I'm burning. I'm burning. And I'm waiting, 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 bro. It's a couple of minutes now. You can't turn right. Like, it's a very busy right That's why there's a no right turn. So I'm thinking, you know, you know, I'm hopeless looking like this. You know, if I beat the horn, yeah, it's very difficult, man. Anyway, after a few minutes, remember what the Rajel is, he can control himself. Well, obviously, I couldn't control myself. So I was very, very sensitive. Wallah, I'm thinking, you know, I left the boys see me. So I went, beep, like, like, yeah, and I touched the horn. Khalas, Barbara, turn left. As soon as she heard the horn, she looked at the rearview mirror like this. <laughs> she put her window down and said, What? What? Allah, <laughs> sister, take your time, brother. <laughs> she wants to punch on. What? This is our women. Is our women. So the brothers are complaining, brother, look at our women, look at our women, they've lost their way, they lost their way. And I say, Wallah, it's true, but tell me something, who do you blame? Who do you hold responsible? Because in one token, yes, our women, unfortunately, have lost their way, but then look at the men. Look at the men, the same brother that's telling me, brother, look, you know, our women are out of control. This is the same brother who takes a photo with his wife while his wife is in hijab with her red lipstick and her eyelashes, tabarakallah. He'll take a picture with her, she's smiling and he's smiling. And then he puts it on his WhatsApp profile. That's his, uh, this is his profile picture. So now every guy that has his phone number, when he's sitting in the toilet, flicking through his phone, he has exclusive access to his wife. And he's smiling. Where's the honor? Where's the hira? So yeah, you know what? It's very easy to look at the women and say, brother, but remember when the cat's away, guess who come to play? There's no men. Where are the men in the society? I had a brother once. I had a brother. He came to me with his wife. A brother came with his wife, gave me salam, and I'm thinking, oh, this is awkward, bro. This is, again, it's not halal haram. I'm not speaking about halal and haram. So he comes up to me, he gave me salam. I'm thinking, oh my God, yes, salam alaikum. I'm thinking, this is awkward. And then he gets me, uh, brother, this is my wife. I'm thinking, oh, okay, salam alaikum. So she puts her hand down, she gets me, salam alaikum, brother. So I'm thinking, Wallah, yani, do I headbutt you first or do I headbutt your husband? Or do I just do a clothesline and just knock out the both of you? What do you mean, Salaamu Alaikum, brother? And he's standing there. <laughs> Look, Wallah, Wallah, it's not because he's bad. Wallah, it's not because he's an evil person. But because there's no men in our society, the very concept of ghira and honor has been lost. 
It's been lost. You know, Allah, my brothers, one man, and please stay with me. This is why I'm telling you anything that we're suffering from the most is the lack of Rijal. One man, that's all it took. It took one Rijal, Umar ibn al-Khattab, one man came to the Prophet وسلم, while he was in Medina. Please understand why this is important, my brothers. One man, one Rijal. That's all we need. One Rijal. One. That's all. He comes to the Prophet وسلم, and says to him, O Prophet of Allah, I don't feel, I don't feel that it is right that our men and our women can mix in the streets and see each other. I don't think this is befitting. So the next day, the next day, this is a man, not a prophet. The next day Allah brings down Quran, making hijab compulsory into the day of judgment. One Rajal, that's all it took. Yeah, but where's the men, bro? Where? Where? Have our women lost their way? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. But who do you blame? Who do you blame? Who do you blame? This sister that's leaving the house looking the way she looks. Where's her father? Where's her brother? Where's her nephew? Where's her? Where are they? They're busy fishing, bro. They're busy at cafes. They're busy chasing other women like little boys. So yeah, bro, our women lose their ways. Stop laughing. Stop laughing. So what? Our women, they lose their ways. Honor, honor. Just, just honor, bro. Ghira, ghira. Ghira is a rajal. It's not there. So now brothers come. Brother, what are you trying to say? You know, and wallah niqab and sutra. Brother, what's this? You know, is this? Again, again, brother. Is this sunnah? Is this halal? Wallah, it's not halal and haram. Forget sunnah and sunnah. Just where's your heart, bro? Where's your heart? You as a man, as an honorable person, where's your dignity? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sitting with two of his wives. Was sitting with two of his wives. Today, today, when we have barbecues, my wife and your wife and his wife and Allah and we're all together. And wallahi, brothers are sitting, having dinner, having dinner. Him and his wife and me and my wife and I'm talking to his wife and he's talking to my wife and he's laughing and we're laughing and we're giggling. And this is, this is considered as, what? This is advancement, brother. Come on, man. What's this sutra and all of the girls upstairs? This is backwards. This is backwards in our hearts. No, no, no. It's not that it's backwards. If there was a single rajal, just one rajal, you, wallahi would never ask, is this sunnah or fard? He would never ask, brother, is this appropriate or not? As a rajal, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, is he a rajal or not? Don't, please don't answer. Don't embarrass yourself. The Prophet, is he a rajal or not? Today, wallahi, I see mashayikh shaking hands with women. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum. And wallah. Again, not halal and haram. But, ah, oh, my heart, wallahi, my heart burns. The Prophet sitting with two of his wives. Two of his wives. He's sitting there, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Someone knocks the door. Yalla, where's this sunnah now? So the Prophet goes to check. It was Abdullah ibn Madhum. You know who the man is? Sahabi, he was blind. You know Abasa wa Tawalla, the blind man that came to us. Abdullah, him! He was the Mu'addin of Rasulullah. He's knocking on the door. He's blind. The man's blind. 
So he gets up and he sees Abdullah. And he says to his wives, Abdullah is on the door. Stand up, the both of you, and go behind the sutra, go behind the veil. So they said, O Prophet of Allah, Abdullah is blind, he can't see us. He said, yes, but you're not blind, you can see him. So get up and go behind the veil. Yalla. Tell your father this. Wallah, he'll slap you, he'll slap your sheikh, he'll slap the masjid that you go to. Brother, what's this backwards thinking? Please, please. The Prophet of Allah and this Abdullah, Wallahi, with all adab and respect to Abdullah, you know, I, I, I really don't imagine Abdullah being anywhere near as handsome as the Prophet So really there's no threat. And when you're married to the Prophet of Allah, you're not going to look at anyone in any way. But what? Honor, bro. It's honor. A real man has higher. A real man has bashfulness. Today, our women don't possess higher. Forget, forget. The men of the the men of Rasulullah had higher. You know, just to understand, the English language, the whole English language. Please sit down. Please sit down. The whole English language doesn't have a single word, not challenge, not a single word to translate the word hayat. That speaks volumes about its societies. Hayat comes from the word life. Ulama say whoever doesn't have hayat, he might as well be dead. I hope the sisters are listening. Today it's all about the platform. The platform. Mashaykh, wallah, a sheikh came to me. Wallah. A sheikh came to me and said to me, brother, how come you don't have sisters in your videos? How come? How come you don't have sisters in your videos? I said to him, sheikh, Allahu Akbar, are you really asking me this? He said to me, yes, brother, yes. We have a problem. What's the problem? You want me to put a sister in the video? He said to me, yes, brother. I said to him, Sheikh, would you give me your wife to put her in the, my video? Come on, give me your wife, Sheikh. Give me your wife so I can sit and talk to her. She talks to me and I laugh and she laughs and we giggle and she giggles. And then once the camera goes off, I have a coffee with her and she has a coffee. And yeah, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's all fine. Today, sisters want the platform. Not halal and haram. Eat your heart out. But where, where's Haya, Haya, Haya? The Prophet and I'm ending with this. Wallahi, I'm ending with this. The Prophet وسلم, is sitting down, sitting with his wife Aisha in his house. And the narration says that something of his leg was showing. You know, he's at home, he's with his wife. There's no one there. So he was sitting in a relaxed state. So something of his leg, I'm not sure exactly, something from his leg was showing. So someone knocks the door. So the Prophet says, Aisha, see who it is. So she goes and she sees, she says to my Prophet of Allah, it's my father, Abu Bakr. He says to Aisha, tell him to come in. And the Prophet stayed exactly as he was. Sometime later, the Prophet says, Aisha, go see who it is, who's on the door. So she goes, 
She says to my Prophet of Allah, it's Umar ibn al-Khattab. What a house. Imagine when the people knocking your door are these men. So he says to Aisha, tell him, tell him, come in. And he stayed as he was. Sometime later, says to Aisha, who is it? She says to my Prophet of Allah, it's Uthman. So the Prophet stood up. The Prophet stood and fixed his posture, fixed his clothes, and said to Aisha, tell him to come in. So Aisha, the greatest scholar of Islam was Aisha. When they left, she said, A oh, Prophet of Allah, my father walked in, you stayed. Omar walked in, you stayed. Why when Uthman walked in, you stood up and he fixed your posture? He said to Aisha, Should I not be shy of a man whom even the angels are shy of? Hayabra. Today, if you, if you stay reserved, brother, you're not a man. A real man is loud, he's noisy, he's, he's, he's. We need to restore men. This ummah is suffering from a lack of men, my brothers. Ask yourself tonight, are you a rijal or are you a dhakar? Are you a man or are you a mayu? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us men. Men whom he's pleased with. Men whom revive this ummah. Jazakallahu khairan, subhanakallahumma, bihamdika, shadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa tubu.